Mr. Feelgood. Who the F are you? 20 questions that get to the heart of who we are. I'm John Pearson. So I'm really pleased to be here with you today, Simon Rex, who's the star of a wonderful new film called Red Rocket, um, directed by Sean Baker, who's extraordinarily talented. He as really you, is. As you are Thank as well. You. It's really wonderful to have you here. Mr. Feelgood, I'll give you a quick brief. It was born out of a desire to celebrate what's positive, as a desire to celebrate culture, union, friendship, candid, honest conversation. I had traveled for 35 years and was unable to travel anymore because of the pandemic. And I just wanted to talk to people. And uh, the, the easiest thing to say is I want it to be, Mr. Fiegel, to be, have the intimacy and the honesty of a fireside chat. So that's what I'm trying to do. I love it. And especially after I've been opposite of you, I've been traveling nonstop doing interview after interview. And after a while, it starts to feel very robotic. Mm -hmm. And the questions are all not so personal and feel good. So this mm. is going to be very refreshing for me. And then we'll get you traveling again soon. I can tell you're itching. Oh, thank you I can tell that. you're itching to get on the road. Thank you for that. Um, I am, yeah. Um, I'm also itching to get to the desert and be where you are oh, as well. That anytime, sounds incredible, man. man. Anytime. Um, so I wanted to ask you firstly, can you just give us a, a, a little brief story of how you got the role? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I was out in Joshua Tree. Um, moved out there right before the pandemic hit. So it was like, you know, February of 2020. And I was out there for a few months, just like we all were collectively going through this strange time. And I, uh, there was no work on the horizon. And I was sort of surrendered to that and was okay with it. And I, of course, that's when you get the phone call. And right. I get a call out of the blue from a mutual friend of Sean's that knows me as well and said, uh, hey, can I give you, Sean Baker, your number? Absolutely. Um, he calls me up, he sends me basically one little paragraph of like my opening scene and says, can you just do a cold read on your phone and send this to me? Wow. Sent it into him and he loved it. And he said, I need you to be in Texas immediately. I can't fly you here because I'd have to quarantine you for a week. Obviously this was during the pandemic. So I had to drive to Texas. So they rented me a car. I drove three days and we just started shooting and it happened so fast. Um, that it was just one of those, usually that's not how you book a job in Holland. Right. You gotta go through an agent, a manager, a lawyer, you know, dealing. He just went right to me and Amazing. I said yes. Amazing. It was, it was really a different experience. And then working obviously with him was Amazing. magical. He's just brilliant. So I have to ask you, how many takes did you do before you sent him? Uh, that's a good question. I probably did, I'd say five to seven takes okay. before I was happy with one that I sent to him. And I think I sent him a couple, like I just did my two select favorite ones. And mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where sometimes I think in life, the less you overthink right things on. and just go with the flow, right on. magic can happen. And this is one of those things where right I on. didn't have time to, you know, sometimes you'll go in for an audition and you'll work on it for seven days and memorize the shit out of it and go in and it loses the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's still, it was just yeah, yeah. fresh. Yeah. And the whole movie was like that. We shot the yeah. whole movie just not rehearsing. And awesome. It was, yeah. That awesome. Was Breath of fresh yeah, yeah. air. Real, yeah. organic, beautiful. Yes. Okay, right. Let's get to Mr. Feelgood. Who the F are you? Mm -hmm. uh, 20 questions. We're going to go through them. Take as long as or little as you like. We'll, we'll see how we go. First one is Simon Rex. Who are you? I am a human man mm -hmm. um, from California, only child, 
Um, I'm a silly goose. I don't take myself too seriously, but I take my work very seriously. But I, I think that's the secret to life is being able to laugh at yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been, I think is my superpower mm -hmm. is that, uh, you gotta be able to laugh at everything, right? People are so, especially in my business, mm -hmm. show business, mm -hmm. I'm so serious, mm -hmm. even the comedians. So I'm a, a free-spirited, silly goose who likes nature. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Is that short or long? Is no, that a good answer? That's perfect, man. Okay. That's perfect. It's all perfect. Okay. Um, how are you feeling right now? At this exact second? Yeah. Um, I have photo fatigue. Oh, we just did a great do. shoot together. Yeah. Amazing photographer. We just, I'm excited to see these pictures. Um, and so I got photo fatigue, which is a weird thing because you would think it's easy to just stand there. But uh, I feel that uh, post-coffee, post-photo shoot, pre-lunch dip in energy. So if, right. if I don't seem as majestic as I normally do, it's because I'm going through that little moment and um, I'm hungry. Okay. So we got food coming. Okay. So um, a few things. So I'm, I'm happy and I'm also a little... Um, uh, I slept really good. I okay. slept like eight hours. For me, that's oh. a lot. So I'm rested. I'm jealous. I'm that's frisky. Amazing. I'm, yeah, I'm feeling a little adventurous. I might skydive after this. All right, awesome. Sounds brilliant. I want to come skydiving yeah. with you. I did that on my 30th birthday, which is only a week ago. I'm oh, joking. Uh, I did it on my 30th birthday. Yeah, happy for you. Yeah, you look 29. Thank you. Um, where did you grow up and what was it like? Grew up in San Francisco with hippie parents. It was very open-minded this is obviously a long time ago this is the 70s and 80s in, in northern california which is the hippie epicenter of the world yeah, so sure. my parents were hippies so i grew up around everything as far as you know gay black white age i mean we, it's like new york we, it's the melting pot right and, and so i grew up around so much diversity i think it's such a good place to be from uh, and i'm like you i'm a traveler i right. love to travel that's when i feel the most alive and I don't think I want to live in San Francisco anymore because my city has changed so much. Uh, but what a good place to be from. So that's, that's my background. Did you say you're an only child? I'm an only child. You're an only child. And yeah. did your parents, were they kind of, did they, did you find yourself communicating with a lot of adults growing up or? I mean, yeah, I, I was left to my own devices to entertain myself. So I think growing up like TV mm. uh, and, and music were my best friends, and that's mm -hmm. why I think I gravitated towards both of those things for like my work. I, I, uh, I just would. I remember coming home from school, and my my best friend was like Three's Company and reruns of like you know okay. uh, watching TV and sitcoms. And I remember when the VCR came out. Mm -hmm. I remember when it was invented, and I'd go over to my friend's house and bring VHS cassettes and record movies off Showtime and HBO and eventually I got a VCR and I and I just grew up watching a lot of comedies huh. a lot of Mel Brooks huh. a lot of David Zucker uh -huh. Airplane Naked Gun uh -huh. really uh -huh. broad uh -huh. comedies uh -huh. <laughs> and I just remember that being sort of my my thing um yeah so only child you sort of have to that's your survival instinct yeah. I think yeah is yeah to, it's interesting you say about uh, television though I mean I was grew up in dark Yorkshire in England, mm. Northern England, and I fell in love with sort of American West Coast TV shows. Which one? Hill Street Blues, oh. Charlie's Angels. Oh, yeah. um, I love Cheers, which is Boston. Cheers was big. You know, and it was all those ones, Streets of San Francisco. Of course. And it yeah. just gave me an idea. Movies, you know, coming to the West Coast and seeing America, and it was just quite extraordinary. So TV was a, a big influence in my life, and yeah. it gave me the window onto the world that I wanted to explore as I got older. Yeah.
And now I, you're here in California? And I'm here in California, yeah. and I've had a love affair with this country for, gosh, it's 30 years now between here and New York. I want to ask you, what excites you? Um, travel yeah. really excites me. Um, I, I actually did this personality test recently, and, uh, and who knows if it's really accurate, but it made a lot of sense. It's actually... I. I can't remember the name, it's like the Briggs-Meyer test or uh -huh. something like that, or so one of those. So it's similar to astrology, mm -hmm. but a little more science-based mm -hmm. and less about the stars. Uh -huh. Not saying either one's more accurate, right, maybe right, they're right. both accurate, maybe neither of them are, I don't right. know. But this said that I am addicted to novelty, and mm. I thought, oh, this is so accurate. Mm. I love new, and I, whether that's good or bad, I mm -hmm. don't know, but I'm just being honest yeah. with myself. I love new right. and variety. Right. Um, hence me being 47 years old and never been married and had kids. Right. Which we, that's a whole other conversation. Sure. Now, I God, there's I so love, much we can talk about. There's I, so much we can talk about. Go on. Well, yeah, Go so on. the adventure of the open road and mystery of not knowing what's going to happen is when I just feel the most alive. And when I get stuck in one place too long and in a routine and around the same people and things, right. I get antsy and I need to keep it moving. And that's just the way I am. So you, you're, you're happy uh, when you, and you're delighted when you're in your own company, you're comfortable in your own company, yeah. obviously, yeah. and you love adventure, so you can yeah. jump in your motor and you just take off and see what's there with no, no specific destination or Correct. idea in mind. Beautiful. And it's no like, plans. I love the, it drives yeah. everyone else crazy, but oh, I'm, I, I love, love no yeah, plans. I get that though, yeah. And then you're pleasantly surprised yeah. all the times because it, when you have a sort of, uh, when, you, when you have uh, expectations or, um, I don't know if I just I like being surprised. Yeah, man. And serendipitous moments happen when you just yeah. put yourself out there. Amazing, yeah. amazing. It's yeah, yeah. a freedom. It's that, a sense yeah, of freedom. That's it. It's freedom. So, so then, then what scares you? Which, the irony is, is being alone forever is scary as shit. As you mm -hmm. start to get older, you realize wait, am I going to be alone for the rest of my life? I want to have a family. I want to have, you know, my, my tribe. Mm. And I kind of just float around. I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm what's called a sigma male, I think. Not an alpha, mm -hmm. not a beta. I'm a mm -hmm. sigma. I can kind of just, I'm a chameleon. Yeah. I'll just adapt wherever I go. I'll go to the roughest neighborhood in Oakland and hang with the homies and somehow be with And then I'll go to a Beverly Hills party and hang with the richest affluent mm. people. Mm. And then I'll go to Europe and some, I just mm. love putting myself out of my comfort zone and adapting. But then, as much as I love that, it also scares the shit out of me to, um, it's like, am I gonna be like this forever? Do people change? That's mm. a big one for me. Mm. I wonder if people really can change. Mm. So I think what's scary is, what scares me is how okay I am with being alone and just putting myself out there all the time because Eventually, you're going to have to have some roots and settle down. You know what I'm saying? I, or maybe not. Or well, maybe I don't know. not. Maybe you know, not. Maybe you're the chameleon that just goes and floats and touches base with all these different sort of tribes around, and that yeah. keeps you. But you, you know, I think perhaps maybe you, there might be something deep inside you that longs for that actual connection with something that's just yes for you. Well, we're both cancers, only. right? Yeah. Did we find yeah. that out earlier? Yes. Yeah, so and there's again, a, who there's knows? A roots. I like to have a home. Yeah. But I, I like to have, maybe yeah. it's greedy. I like to have it all. Mm -hmm. And I feel like yeah. maybe, maybe is that okay? I think. Of course it's okay. You can have whatever okay. you want. Yeah. Yeah. You make the rules. Make the you know rules what I mean? in your own life. I just I, don't want to do what everyone else tells. When someone else tells me what I have to you do, go I the run other the way. other way. Yeah. So okay. don't tell me what to do. Okay. okay. I won't tell you what to do. Okay. 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 I won't tell you what to do. Um, what's your proudest achievement? 
Quite frankly, and I know that we're sitting here because of it, but this movie, Red Rocket, is absolutely the, gr the greatest like, thing in my work that I've ever been a part of. So this movie, I'm so proud of because I think I had imposter syndrome before this movie. Mm. Uh, people would ask me, what do you do? And I never felt comfortable saying I'm an actor because I'm like, oh, I'm just bullshitting. I've just been pretty much just been skating by in, in Hollywood and in, in New York and LA in entertainment for 25 years kind of just like basically just doing silly comedy stuff, but not doing anything that really had some uh, dramatic uh, um, gr gravitas and some, yeah, some soul. Yeah. Because it comes so easy for me to just do the comedy shtick that this movie required me to not only, it's a dark comedy, so there is comedy, but then there's a lot of really vulnerable, grounded moments that uh, I had to bring the acting chops to. So until this movie, I think that I felt like a fraud. And oh. so now finally for the first time, I feel comfortable being like, yeah, I'm an actor and I can stand in front yeah, of man. it. So this movie is, is um, the most like beautiful, artistic piece of work I've done. Incredible. For sure. Well, congratulations yeah. to you. And, it, and you feel it when you see the movie. And I'm really happy that you can own the fact that you're an actor. Thank you. You're an actor. Yeah. And I love it. And yeah, you, it and took a long time. Well, you, you've earned it. You've Thank been you. there. You've earned it. And it, it, you feel that when you see the movie. Um, what's the hardest thing you've ever had to do? Well, that's a good question. Um, hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life would probably be, I feel like breakups are always really hard for me, all of them. It's almost easier to be the one that gets broke, that they get dumped because there's something about letting somebody down that you're enmeshed with and that you're in a relationship with to hurt somebody. I just, I just like that. I can, even thinking about it, I get that feeling in my stomach of like just hurting anybody else, especially somebody you care about. Um, so I would say like the fear of, of, of walking into that room when you know you have to break up with someone you care about because you just know that it's not working out and someone has to do it. I would rather get dumped. Mm. And I just think back to that, that feeling. It's almost like uh, you could throw up. So that's, that's a tough one for me is to let somebody else down, you know? Yeah. If I got to be honest. No, well, please be honest. That's what it's about. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I thought this was Mr. Feelgood. I'm getting so dark. No, it's not dark okay, at all. Okay. No, it's not. It's human. What you're telling it's me is human. the truth. And it's what we all feel. So you're just part of the community okay. of being honest and candid about something. I think, okay. it's, I think, I think I'd rather speak to you about that okay, stuff good. than talk about bullshit. No, it's okay. Right? It's so okay. please, no. Don't. It feels good to be honest. Yeah, so no, there we go. There we go. Okay. So um, who was your greatest mentor and what did they teach you? That's a good question. Um, you know, I got a guy in my life, his name is uh, Chris Ryan. He's an author, he has a PhD in psychology, he's the smartest guy I know, and he's sort of been a big brother to me. And I think in the last few years when I went through my sort of midlife existential crisis, when I hit about 40, is when I became friends with this guy. And he's been a mentor of mine, in not in work, but in life. He basically was the inspiration to me getting an RV and mm. exploring, just going into nature more mm. and getting out of the mm. city. Um, not being caught in the hamster wheel of chasing money mm. because that's a that's a, a shallow pursuit and right. it doesn't get make you happy i just learned a lot from watching just from watching he never preached it i just watched how he was living he did a podcast i started doing a podcast so he was somebody that i just was like wow he's figured out a good way of living life 
uh, he loves to travel, all these things. And then after getting the RV, I ended up getting my place in Joshua Tree. So everything just sort of went down that path as soon as I started uh, exploring those things and instead of just like staying in the city, chasing, worrying just about your career, you know, right. just make doing other things that make you happy and which I've learned is mother nature. Right. Is my church. Yeah. Uh, there is, uh, there's a famous, uh, his name is, um, Espinoza or Spinoza. Mm. He is a Jewish Portuguese, um, I guess he was a philosopher, yeah. I want to say, but his theory about religion, and he got banned from the synagogue for saying this, was that going into nature is is your connection with God mm. and with the church. Mm. That, Nate, this canyon we're in should mm. be your church, not mm -hmm. a man-made thing. Mm -hmm. And I really connected with that because I've always struggled with organized religion, and I didn't grow up having to do that. Mm -hmm. So I that's been a big one for me is like, you know, I just see a lot of these churches where it's like, you know, oh, when you see the bookshop and put your money in the basket, I'm like, it's a business, it's mm, a hustle. So mm, I have a hard time mm. with that. So nature is my church. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, and how long have you known him? Uh, I want to say that's six good. or seven years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he came into your life yeah. later on. So yep. that's good. Yep. That's interesting. Um, who are your fictional and real life heroes? Mm. Fictional and real life heroes. Uh, let's see. Um, Real life heroes. One thing I've learned, and I know this will answer your question, but you don't want to meet your heroes because quite often you'll be let down. I sometimes it's better to just observe the tiger than to pet the tiger and maybe not get. So I've learned, if anything, I don't want to meet my heroes. Mm. Uh, I want to keep them this fantasy. Mm -hmm. Since I work in show business, it's not really like an actor is going to be a hero of mine because now that I'm in entertainment for so long, I realize it's actually not as magical as it looks on the big screen. If you've ever come to a movie set or a photo shoot or anything, it's not as glamorous as you think. It's right. actually a lot of sitting around all day and a lot of... Right. Um, so if anything, I think superheroes to me uh, would be athletes that mm -hmm. because I can't even imagine, it's impossible for me to wrap my head around what Steph Curry does on the Golden State Warriors when he hits a three or Joe Montana throwing the... It's almost like it's a it's it's super it's like a superhero to me. So I think the magic the magic I feel when I watch my basketball team, the Golden State Warriors, win a championship. There's a magic that I feel when I see something like that happen because I can't wrap my head around it. So real life, I would say uh, certain athletes: Steph Curry, Joe Montana, Michael Jordan. Growing up, it was magic to me. It was real, truly magic. Um, and what was the other part of the question? Fictional. Anyone and in fiction. books? Those are, so those are the real ones. And I guess fictional, I don't read a lot of fiction. I love documentaries and biographies. And I, for some reason, I, I should start reading more fiction. But I guess uh, a good example would be for a fictional hero would be, um, uh, gee whiz. A fictional hero. I mean, it could be, it could be, you know, someone. For me, it was uh, Pip in Charles Dickens' Great Expectations, because it was this little guy who, against everything, he was the archetypal hero's journey. He went right. and, and became this, you know, person of society. That's for me. It could be, it could oh, be yeah, anything. Yeah, it could yeah. be Spider-Man. You know, it could be. Which is all the hero's journey. All yeah, these movies, it's the, it's the same yeah, thing. It's the same yeah, thing. So, is there anyone as you were a kid growing up you saw on TV or? You got red. Or okay, uh, yeah, I think Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Because it's this, and it's the same story. Luke Skywalker. It's you, yeah. He goes out. He acquires the wisdom, and he brings it back, and that's yeah. the journey. 
Um, so there's so many of that archetype that's pretty much the same thing, Throughout. just in a different outfit. Yeah. So let's just say, so we can continue to feel good. Yeah. Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Right on. Because as a kid, that was that moved me. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite? This is kind of from this is sort of you know this goes from having a deep conversation to something that's a little more superficial but it's fine what's your favorite item of clothing in your mm. wardrobe yeah that's a good question i have um i'm a jacket guy like once i get a good jacket and as you know living in california everyone just thinks you need a jacket at night in la mm -hmm. even all year long it's not humid here so mm -hmm. i'm a real jacket guy and i have a couple of jackets that just feel so comfortable and cozy. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm gonna say a couple of my jackets that are sitting right now in Joshua Tree that are just sitting in my closet that you just, it's almost like a blanket and you just feel so comfortable in it and it becomes a part of you, you know? Uh, so my jackets, a couple, specifically a couple of them. One of them is a fur, a de, uh, like a corduroy with the fur lining. For whatever reason, it's just, it's, it's like comfort. Fonzie. It's like Fonzie. Okay. I feel like Fonzarelli. It's interesting you bring that up because I learn, and we'll cut a lot of this in, uh, anyway, but I'm just going to tell you because we're talking. I lost my father when I was very young. I was 11 years old and he was 45 and he always had beautiful suits. And mm. I remember my parents were divorced, but he was a great father and I'd go and see him every other weekend. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at his suits in the, mm. in the wardrobe and he was always so elegant and he had a white tuxedo. And when he passed away, my mum gave all the suits away which, you know, for one reason, she was in grief, she was in shock and she right. did it. But as a kid growing up, all I wanted was a piece of his clothing. Oh, no. And subsequently, we have a daughter and two sons and I've kept everything. I've kept my shoes, I've kept my jackets. Mm -hmm. I've got, a, for me, I've got this. And to see your sons get to a certain age and put on your smart suit wow, that's and go out, cool. it's cool. And then I've got two motorcycle jackets, bell staff jackets. And... For you and your RV, I'm a motorcycle guy. Mm -hmm. And when I'm on my motorcycle, it's like meditation to yes, me. Yes. And so these two leather jackets, once I'm gone, they'll know that they'll wear them. They'll have mm -hmm. one each and my daughter as well. And they'll know that they, had, they were wearing something that really the father had so much joy and pleasure yeah. and peace and, you know, what joy in my yeah. lifetime. And you so, broke it in because a leather jacket yeah. really oh, yeah. becomes... Yeah. worn in and there's it's a like story a to it yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm the opposite yeah i'm not a motorcycle guy rv guy but that's my version of you on a motorcycle and a white suit gives me anxiety because i'm gonna spill something on it right, so okay. bravo to your dad for having a white tuxedo well, I, yeah, yeah i guess he probably just wore it occasionally he did that's it not was, something you wear yeah no like white no 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 was, you're gonna sit down on a park bench with white jeans on you gotta be uh -huh. a you gotta be a different type of person this this will be interesting. What did music did you love age thirteen, and do you still love mm. it now? Yeah, I still. It's funny because I've been revisiting music from my childhood, and it's almost like it's so nostalgic because it takes you back to that time. Like I've been listening to heavy metal again from wow. my childhood. Metallica. Wow. Yeah, Black Sabbath. Wow. Um, Motley Crue. Because wow. it was so part of my formative years. And then even like rap music, like too short. I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, so there was a lot of underground rap music and also mainstream music where I'm from. Um, and I've been revisiting a lot of 90s uh, rap and a lot of heavy metal, which to me were both pretty much the same thing. It was wow. rebel music. It wow. was anti-establishment. Yeah. Yeah. It was my mom would say, turn that shit off. And yeah. it would make me want to turn it up more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, did you ever listen to the jam? The English group, the jam. I don't know. Oh, I don't no, think it so. I, it's okay. A, but 
Um, yeah, so I've been revisiting those two genres and it's just, it's, it's like you get high off of it. Yeah, I mean, you really do. It's like uh, you get the chills and you get yeah. choked and you'll start having these memories flood. Yeah. I actually just was in San Francisco recently and I'm like, mom, what was the apartment that we grew up in until I was 10 years old? I, I don't know where it is. She gave me the address. I drove by there and I looked at the house, the apartment, and all these, it was almost like I felt an out-of-body experience. And I was remembering sitting on the steps, like waiting for my mom to come home. I'm like, I haven't had these feelings in so long. Similar thing. Mm -hmm. It's a time machine. Mm -hmm. So it's magic. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, what is the most inspiring book you've ever read? Okay, so fix, going back to what you are saying before, there is a fictional book that's, it's actually loosely based on a real story. It's called Shantaram. Did you read this no. book? Okay, it's my favorite book. Mm. It's, it's based in reality, but I think it's heightened for effect and exaggerated to make the story Did better. Did it have an orange cover or Shant not? Yeah, I think it's like orange and black, okay. Shantaram, and it's about an Australian guy who escapes prison and goes to India to the slums of Mumbai, uh, former Bombay, so at the time yeah. it was Bombay, and gets into a lot of trouble with some locals, and it's just incredible. So. What was the question? The question, most inspiring book you've oh, ever yeah. read. Oh yeah, so that's my favorite book. Okay. I guess inspiring book, that's a good question too. I've, you know, I kind of went through my woo-woo moment where I read a lot of self-help books. Yeah, we all do, did, you know, do, I, did. I, what's that? I said we all did. Yeah, yeah. and there's Not some, with that. there's some truth to a lot of the cliche bumper stickers like be in the moment, everything's connected. All these things that I used to scoff at and then you kind of realize, oh, I guess there's some universal truths to some of these things. Um, so I think going through all those books, there was, there was really one that helped because I have a neurotic brain called The Untethered Soul. Oh, I which, love that. Yeah, that great book. A great So great that was book. one of yeah. the few books I could look back on and be like, okay, that's not bullshit. You know? It's about surrendering, wasn't yeah, it? It's lot, about surrender to everything. Same author did Very, the surrender experiment. That's right. And right. That, so that makes sense with your whole going off without a destination. So I think you Beautiful, can take, yeah. I think what I do is you, you, you take little things from books and movies and whatever, because and, it doesn't have to all be true, but you can kind of, you know, take what you want from them. Right. You know, because yeah. I also think there's a lot of, the self-help industry is a little bit of a hustle too. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm on the fence about a lot of it, yeah. but there's some truth in there. Yeah. You just yeah. got to find what yeah. works for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you right there. Um, yeah. This is good. What is a movie, a movie that mm. less, left a lasting impression on you? Mm. My favorite movie growing up was this uh, called A Christmas Story. And yeah. it's on TNT every Christmas for 24 hours a day. It's so moving and it's a Bob Clark movie who I ended up working with years later. He's an amazing, he did like Porky's and he oh, did amazing, uh, yeah. yeah, he did Christmas Story. Christmas Story for whatever reason is just that movie that's kind of like the music I was talking about or going to my childhood apartment where there's something about that movie that I makes me, it, it, it moves me and it's just it's so simple. It's about a little kid wanting a BB gun. Mm. The whole movie's about this kid who wants a fucking BB gun, mm. I can swear. Of course you can. Okay, he wants a fucking BB gun. Yeah. And the whole movie, and I know, spoiler alert, at the end he gets the BB gun and he shoots himself in the eye. And it's just so simple. And it was so well written. <laughs> wow. And it's actually a famous British actor, we'll look it up later, is the dad in it, amazing actor. Um, and it's just, that's he my... Shoot, what happens to him though? Does he, is he, is he... Uh... Well, throughout the movie, they're like, you can't get a BB gun, you'll shoot you'll your eye out, kid. It takes oh, place really? in the 50s in the Midwest. So oh, everything's wow. kind of old school, but it was shot in the 80s, I think. And, huh. and the whole movie, it's such a simple want. Like every movie just right. has like, what, okay, so what's your right. want? He just wants oh, a BB man. gun. So in the end, he finally gets his BB gun and he shoots himself in the eye. And it's sort of just a simple, I don't know what the lesson is, but... Mm. 
Oh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, that, that's my. Uh, that's the movie that really kind of resonated with yeah, you and yeah. stayed with you. To this okay. day, I'll still watch it and be. I'm going to watch it. it. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I'm Christmas watch Story. It. Okay. You could and you could watch it in the summer. You don't have to wait till Christmas. Okay. Are you okay? I'm great. All right, man. It's lovely, lovely to have I, you. I here. like talking. What is? It can be anything. What is your favorite word or saying? Hmm. And it can be whatever you I want. I like the word regalia, and mm. I use it incorrectly all the time, and it's an inside joke with my friends. We use it as a verb. We mm. use it as, uh, well, what it really means is like regal clothing, regalia. Mm. You know, jewelry could be mm. regalia. Um, the queen's and, regalia. Yes, the king's absolutely. Regalia. It's a very yeah. British, yeah. you know. It's a, and me and my friends have abused that word for the last 15 years and made it our own word. And we even to this day will will use it wrong like... Uh, do you want to go? And we know what it's like our inside joke. You know, I'll be like, you guys want to go to the regalia? And my friend will know by what, how I'm saying that he means, oh, do you want to go eat food? Like, so regalia is this inside joke. It's a real word, mm -hmm. but used incorrectly with me and my friends. That's, uh, that's my favorite. Was it my favorite word? Was yeah, your favorite question? word. That's my favorite word. Your favorite regalia. word or saying, you know. Yeah, regalia. Okay. Right, this is, yeah, this is interesting. What do you want people, yeah, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral? Um, that he put a smile on my face, mm -hmm. uh, that he never did anybody wrong and hurt anybody, and just that he was a good person, you know? Because at the end of the day, that's really what it's about, you know? Um, is I think why I'm here is to, laughter is the best medicine, and I feel like I've been able to make a career out of getting people to chuckle, and that's just the best blessing ever. So people could take that after I'm gone. And, you know, that's what's so cool about my work is that someone could put on Red Rocket in 50 years and discover it. Know, or, or, you know, Scary Movie 3, a comedy I've done, or whatever it is, and have a laugh way down the line. That's pretty special. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Okay, five quick fire questions. Oh, okay. Favorite car? My favorite car is my what that I had was a 1968 Chevelle Malibu or I would say 65 Buick Riviera, which I still haven't got yet. I had a 68 Riviera. I think that's the most beautiful American car ever made. Okay. Sports team. Sports team. San Francisco 49ers and or Golden State Warriors. Meal. Ooh, Korean barbecue. Grooming product. Ooh, I guess just a good face moisturizer. Kiehl's face moisturizer. Shout out to Kiehl's. Clothing label. Mmm. You know, I'm not really a label whore, but I'm just going to go ahead and say, uh, um, I'd like me a good new pair of Nikes. So there you go. Okay. Um, is there anything you've, um, haven't been asked that you'd like to be asked? Is there any oh, question that you'd like to, is mm. there anything you, I mean, you've been on the circuit, um, mm. promoting your yes. movie. You've been in Hollywood working you know, and, and building a career and, uh, you know, you've, you've kind of lived the dream, really. Mm -hmm. You've been working and grafting and trying and going through life and trying to get there. You've had this opportunity, which you've just shone in completely. It's like the movie for you, you were made to make. Mm -hmm. So you must have, you know, you've sat in the chair of many reporters. I'm mm -hmm. not a reporter, but is there anything you'd like to talk about that you've... You know, a question you've never been asked that you'd like to address. And if it isn't, there isn't, that's fine too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe it is something that has been addressed, but I like when to, to talk about like, well, what, you know, and I know it's a generic question, but it's like, what, well, what do you want to work? What do you see yourself doing next? Like what kind of work? And 
I think what is what's so cool about Red Rocket is that it was like the ultimate audition, right? Like most people in this industry, I was sort of written off. I don't think that casting directors and other filmmakers and other actors really saw what this movie showed that I can do. So now that this is out, it's like the ultimate audition and all the right people have been seeing this film, you know, in the Academy and all these places that it's, um, I just want to work with, with cool, good people. Even something like this, like you're, you guys are good people that let me in your home and it's so nice and refreshing to work with good people. So all I want from this, I don't care about the fame and the money and whatever, that all comes regardless, but I just want to work with good people. I want to do good quality stuff. I want to go do an edgy indie movie like Red Rocket and then I want to go do a silly comedy like Scary Movie. I want to do a TV show. I just want to do good work with good people that gets me excited to wake up in the morning and then when it's done i truly want to share it with people right i think on. i think picasso said what's the meaning of life and i think or I yeah, think the no. meaning of life is to create art and the purpose is to share it with people or the other way around so in find my, what you love and share it with the world okay, i think so something I think like that right you got yeah, it right I think so, so yeah. whatever it is that you do so i but you know i love when people truly you know, um, are moved by something you do, whether yeah. it's laughing or yeah. this move. Yeah. So I just want to continue to do that. I think it's what's wonderful is you've 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 shown the quality of what you can do, and that's just going to attract more quality I to think you. So. And if, for me, it's like filling the unforgiving minute with sixty seconds worth of distance run, because which is a poem from Kipling. And I think if you if you which I know is a bit bollocksy to bring that up, but I do f find that that's a philosophy of life. As I get older, what I want to do is just make sure that the people I interact with, the work I do is of the highest quality, mm. and it's what I bring to it. It's yeah. what you bring to it, and I think you just get more of that, and you start pushing out all the other crap that was there, all the waste. It's just getting leaner yeah. in your time and the quality you give yourself. I know you're going to Joshua Tree next week for mm. three days. You've mm -hmm. been on this malarkey for you know mm -hmm. blessing malarkey mm -hmm. for a long time so for you to be able to go to that place where you've you know this this sanctuary that you've yeah. created for yourself and yeah. to just ground yourself and get back to That's nature it. the stuff you love and recharge for you so then you're ready to go out in the world and fucking knock it dead that's exactly right yeah. and to your point also um as you get older you realize time is your most valuable yeah, thing it's yeah. not about it like the time is so precious yeah. and uh, so I just want to, with my time, be around good, good people doing yeah. good stuff. So awesome. that's, that's, that's what I want out of this. So, um, well, look, honestly, honestly, from my heart, it's an absolute pleasure, genuine pleasure to spend time with you, to yep. watch you as an artist, Thank to you. see you in the movie Thank and, you. and we're rooting for you I, to have everything that you want in life because you deserve it. You've I believe you. It. Yeah. I believe you. I believe you.